Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Not Just Paleo podcast. This is your host, Evan Brand. If you've never tuned into the show before, then welcome. I'm so glad you're here. There is a ton of previous episodes that you should go check out and educate yourself or refresh yourself on many topics, including artificial light and how it impacts your health and hormones at nighttime, anything from thyroid dysfunction to estrogen dominance due to the plastics and the xenoestrogenic compounds that are found in everyday items that you may not be aware of. So there's a lot of stuff that I've covered in the past 50 episodes of this podcast, and I know that there is enough information in those episodes for you to transform your life. So if you're somebody who's feeling like you're at the far end of the spectrum from where you want to be, don't get discouraged because I can help you out. The podcast can help you out. I also write and blog at notjustpaleo.com. I have a brand new website design too, which you all should go check out and let me know what you think. It's uh, a work in progress, but I'm pretty happy with the results. It's much more easy to find what you're looking for and stay updated with the latest blog articles and podcast guests like the one we have today. So today we're speaking with Dr. Lauren Noel, and she has one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to some podcasts myself, and hers is one that I always have in rotation just because she goes into some of the deeper topics. I feel like my podcast is one of the few that actually delves into some of these deeper aspects and you know, gets off of the subject of food because while food is incredibly important, there is a lot of other things that are going on with our bodies that we may not think about or we may not even have them on our radar. So that's the goal of this show is to try to go beyond diet and health. I love that. I love diet and I love health, but there's so many aspects that influence us in very powerful ways. So Today, she was a little bit short on time, but we ended up getting pretty good information about micronutrient deficiencies, talking about injectable vitamins, which sounds crazy but is completely normal, and a few other topics. So a little bit about her. She runs a clinic in San Diego, and she just now opened up her own clinic, which is awesome. And she went to the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, and then that's how she became... uh, into the whole natural medicine. So she actually completed an internship in integrative cardiovascular medicine. So she does focus a lot on that, but she also likes to focus on detox, uh, homeopathic remedies, and she also likes to get into hormone replacement therapy and detoxing heavy metals especially. And then lastly, the intravenous nutritional therapy that I talked about. Um, basically, you know, her idea behind it and the idea behind the whole uh, naturopathic approach to IV vitamins is that people cannot get themselves up to a certain level that they need. If you're so depleted, uh, if you do uh, listen to this and you feel like you're someone who needs to go get a micro micronutrient profile done, it's a blood work test that you can get done. I haven't had one. I will get one in the future. But basically what it's going to do is it's going to tell you, okay, you're very deficient in this. And some of those levels could be so low that a vitamin capsule or transdermal or whatever may or may not be the best approach. And you may have to go to a little bit more extreme approach to getting all of your levels back to where they belong. Because vitamin C is just one example, but there's many vitamins that actually influence your hormones and keep your body in that kind of homeostasis. And when one of those is thrown off, you know how it goes. Everything's connected. That throws off something else. So 
Uh, also, just in spite of me redoing the website and making everything more simple for you, I'm going to offer some 30-minute free Skype calls. So if you're interested in that, you can email me. And the first five emails that I get at evan, E-V-A-N, at notjustpaleo.com, the first five emails I get, you can have 30 minutes free with me, and we can go over a bunch of different stuff. Uh, I'm starting to become quite the expert when it comes to uh, vitamins and trying to figure out deficiencies. Obviously, it's hard without blood work, but I can go off symptoms. We can talk about your diet, your current stress levels. I have a friend, uh, also a client in California, who has been getting tremendous results just by switching a few things up in her life. So I'm very happy to be able to provide that service. And uh, like I said, the first five people that email me, I can help you out with that. We could talk about diet, job stressors, how much light you're getting exposed to at nighttime, your sleep quantity and quality. And uh, I, I like to go a little bit deeper than some of the other coaches out there that just want to focus on, you know, the bag of potato chips that you snuck in last week. You know, that is important to me, but there is far deeper um, realms into your own health that actually affect the way you feel and think. So let's get into this show and thanks for listening. If I could uh, give you one last thing to do, just head over to iTunes for me and write a review for the show. That helps this show keep growing and it has Uh, kept growing the past 50 episodes and I don't see it stopping anytime soon so if there's any topics anything like that or any um, anything you'd like to say just please go to iTunes and give me some stars and write a review for me it's pretty simple once you get to that website but uh, email email if you have any questions thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoy the show and we have one of my fellow podcasters, one of my favorite uh, podcasts out there, Dr. Dr. Lauren Noel and her podcast. And now she's joining us on the show. So thanks for coming on. Of course. It's good to be here. Yeah. Please tell us a little bit about your day before we uh, talk about <laughs> your history into natural medicine. Oh, man. Today was a day to remember. <laughs> so this morning I was uh, – I decided to take all the books that I have at home and bring them to the office because I wanted to start to, you know, compile my library at the new office we just opened about a month ago. So just getting all settled in and um, I had to make two trips to the car and my laptop computer, I decided to put it on top of my car in between trips. And unfortunately, I didn't actually make it into the car. (laughs) So I left the house with my laptop on top of my car and uh, drove on the freeway, and I'm amazed that it actually stayed on my car for like a good 10 minutes, but at some point, I remember thinking something, I feel like something just flew off my car. What could that be? Looked in the drive drive, um, the rearview mirror and saw an adorable Kate Spade case holding my computer that was now becoming roadkill on the five freeway, so that's how my day went, and all I could say was, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, like a good 30 times. My dog was sitting next to me looking at me like, you're such a pitiful case, mom. (laughs) So, so that's what happened. And, you know, I just decided to kind of roll with it and things happen. I could have easily freaked out or I could just kind of laugh at myself and see how I can learn from this experience. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, what's your viewpoint on that? What's the best way to deal with a a crazy situation that pops up in life from a a naturopath's perspective? (laughs) 
Well, besides the initial uh, shock and disbelief and jaw-dropping moment, I just realized that there's really nothing I could do at that point. I called a friend of mine and she said, Lauren, you need to call the highway patrol right now. They can probably get your computer and you can recover it. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll do that. I called the highway patrol and they strongly encouraged me to not get out of my car and try to retrieve my own computer on the freeway. And I encouraged, I, I assured them I wouldn't do that, but there was like 1% of me that really wanted to do that. But by the time we found the computer, it was, it just looked like a bunch of, you know, electronic chips all over the place. It looked like nothing that even resembled a computer, but you know, I just realized that there's something for me to get out of this experience of just being more present. That's all that really happened was that I was, my mind was somewhere else when I put the computer on top of my car. And from that, I just get to really look and see how I can be more present and, you know, avoid silly mistakes like that. And also just being gentle with myself, because I would say in the past, I would beat myself up over doing something really quote unquote stupid, but just looking at it like, okay, what needs do I have that need to be met? Maybe I need more relaxation or maybe I need to, you know, I don't know. I need to <laughs> just sleep a little more or something. So I took it as an opportunity to, to learn from it and yeah, just rolling with it. Yeah. The, the latest article that I wrote for my website was five, five signs you need a break from technology. I think that would probably apply <laughs> to a lot of people. <laughs> yep. I think that probably constitutes as the need for a break for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about getting into natural medicine. I was reading on your bio that you were working at an acupuncture place first. So what was that like? And then how did you end up getting into uh, naturopathic medicine? That was one of the most fun jobs I'd ever had. I was in my second year of undergrad and knew nothing about anything natural medicine related at all. And I went to the student, um, you know, work department or whatever it was, student employment department, and they had an opening for someone working at the front desk of a university that taught acupuncture. It was their teaching clinic, and the job was for $10 an hour, and at the time, that was like mega bucks for me, and uh, was, you know, hired pretty much right on the spot and absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. They taught different kinds of acupuncture, so it was uh, Japanese, Chinese, they had a Russian doctor there, they had a, a French doctor, and they all had different styles of doing acupuncture. And as, a, as a, an, um, an employee there, I was able to get the benefits of having these, these students practice on me. And I remember walking around at the office, you know, one day I had a headache and they just decided to put a needle on the top of my head. So I'm walking around with the needle on the top of my head and it took my headache away and it was incredible. So it opened my mind to something totally new. And I think from that, it, it created a pathway for me getting into naturopathic medicine. It was a whole new world and I loved it. Yeah. Were you familiar with the acupressure mats before you got into acupressure or acupuncture? No, I didn't know anything about it. it I mean, I was raised an, a Kaiser child. You know, I went to Kaiser and was, you know, into the vaccinations and antibiotics and Advil for everything. And I knew nothing of this world. So it was, it was, it blew my mind. Yeah. I haven't actually done acupuncture puncture but i have one of the mats that you can have at home where it just kind of pokes you the little plastic spikes have you seen those no i have well actually i have seen those yeah 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 that's it's almost cured my back pain i had a low back injury a couple years ago and then started using that acupressure mat and it works so really yeah for i guess it's kind of the the budget or home remedy if you don't want to go to somewhere and do acupuncture so it's pretty interesting 
That's amazing. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, you have a, a huge variety of stuff that I've found on your podcast to be interesting. That's why I was so happy to get you on the show because a lot of other podcasts stick to, say, just food or just focusing on some of the more simple things. But you like to dig into some of the the deeper topics of health and figuring out what's really going on with our mind and body. So I'm curious what you think the biggest problem that we have going on in society right now from your eyes is. Well, I think it's it's more of an overarching theme of just not adhering to to, to nature. The yeah. more we get taken away from the natural life, the more problems we get. So it's just sort of a theme versus like one specific thing. So we're not in natural light anymore. We're not eating foods that are naturally found in nature. We're not, you know, we're not connected to each other, like as in a tribe of how we're designed to live. We're more disconnected from each other. Um, you know, we were addicted to our cell phones. We're not actually looking and talking to one another. And I think it's just, it's one big theme that shows up in a lot of different ways. And, um, we're just not connected to the earth like we once were. I know it sounds super hippie and like, you know, maybe more like native American style, which I love. I totally love that way. And, and as we become more disconnected from the earth and our natural way of being, then that's when we get into a lot of trouble, I think. Yeah. I mean, do you think we're missing out on kind of like a spiritual aspect too, or we actually were connected to the earth? I feel like we kind of take things for granted, the food system and the availability of, of fresh organic berries right in front of you with the swipe of a card and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's just having respect for, for what's bigger than us. And, um, and realizing that we don't just control all of this and we're not, you know, we just act so entitled that we just get to dispose of things like it's nothing. And, uh, you know, I just, I think ultimately it, it, it's a lack of respect for ourselves because we're the ones who end up getting hurt, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think that, I mean, where's the starting point is what I'm trying to figure out when it comes to your practice. I mean, somebody comes in there and, you know, we want to get them to stage 10, you know, connecting mm-hmm. to the earth and, and grounding themselves on grounding mats and going bare feet into the grass, but they still can't get past the first step of getting diet right. I mean, what's the, you know, what's the first step you do in that? It's a really good question. I think it's different for everybody. It just depends on what, where it is that they're stuck. I mean, for some people, they're stuck in more of a psychological spiral where they don't see themselves as worth putting in the time and the effort to get healthy. So it's more about going back to what, what it was that got them off track Um, for some people, their illness or their sickness actually serves them because they're, they're having some sort of need met. Some people are, um, they get a lot of attention from being sick and so staying sick actually serves them. So it kind of depends on the person and getting more to the, the root, root cause of that. Um, for some people, it's just a lack of education. They just don't know that, you know, fluoride in the water isn't good for them or fluoride in their toothpaste isn't necessarily good for them. Or some people don't know that, you know, margarine is bad and they should have butter instead or just things like that. So it can come down to just a lack of, um, education, which can be a lot easier from my perspective, just reeducating them. And then, um, I think some people, it's more of like a fear-based mentality is there, they've been really just, you know, kind of brainwashed to believe certain things and they're just, they hold to it so tightly and they're afraid to, to, to go away from that at all. So I have to, 
kind of work with them a little bit and just be patient and know they'll probably fight back a little with some of the things that I prescribe or recommend, but you know, everybody's at their own place in it. So it's just, I think really about seeing them as an individual. And that's the beauty of the kind of medicine that I do is I'm able to spend a lot of time with people. So I'm able to really meet them where they're, where they're at versus just, Oh, go do this, you know, rather than like really looking and seeing where they're at in their life and what, what they will resonate with. Yeah. So you just opened that new, the new clinic. That was uh, why we're doing the podcast now than sooner. And I'm so excited to hear about like, what's the, what's the biggest thing you've learned since opening that? Has it been crazy and and, and exciting (laughs) at the same time? It has been so freaking exciting. And I just wonder why I didn't do it sooner. And, uh, it's, I think I was just afraid to, to spread my wings and do my own thing, but it's been really empowering and it's helped me to relate to myself in a whole new way as someone who can really make things happen. And I can create something, you know, out of my brain and, you know, let a, a, a vision come to fruition. So it's, it's been so cool. And, and I think that my favorite thing out of all of this is being able to help other people's businesses as a result. So I have, you know, different friends who make various paleo snacks or, um, you know, friends who make soap or deodorant. And like, I get to help their businesses as a result of having my business. So it's, it fulfills my vision of people being connected and really creating community. And that was a totally unexpected benefit of doing what I do. Yeah. Do you think that the main thing that you see in people that come in, do they have things in common? Like every single person say has a micronutrient deficiency. Was that, is that very common? I would say 90% or more of people have a new micronutrient deficiency or many deficiencies. So very rarely will I say everyone has this or that, but that's one of the blanket statements I could probably make. Yeah. So is that is that people that are coming in that think they have diet in check or is that just all over the board? All over the board. Some people, their diet is a total train wreck and other people, they are the most meticulous eaters on the planet and they just don't absorb their nutrients as well as they thought they did. Or food is just more depleted nowadays and you can have the most perfect diet. But if it's not, you know, I mean, the soil is different nowadays, so you can have the most perfect diet ever, still actually get some deficiencies. So it's kind of all across the board. Wow. So, I mean, do you think the first step when you're actually trying to come up with you know, a, a plan for someone. I mean, I guess you need to figure out if your digestion's even working right before you even start wasting money on high quality food. Is that safe to say? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's kind of both. I would say you always, it's always worth spending money on high quality food, regardless if you absorb it or not, because if you buy bad quality food, then the chances of you getting nutrients is that much lower. So I think it's still worth it, but but digestive disorders are so common and I think that there's – and you don't even necessarily have to have problems with digestion to have a problem in that area. You know, I mean there could be other things like problems sleeping or fatigue or brain fog and you know, something that seems totally unrelated to your digestion. So it's, it's a real common place that I, I look for for most people. Okay. Have you had experience with people working third shift? Because that's what screwed up my health for me. I was working at UPS for a couple years to pay for college Mm -hmm. and I was depressed and I was eating quality food, but I just felt like I wasn't getting anything from it. I guess my circadian rhythm had something to do with that. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, the World Health Organization calls shift working a human carcinogen because it increases your risk of cancer. 
So it's very, very protective to have restful sleep. You get that surge in melatonin that's a, very protective for the body. So unfortunately, if you don't get that sleep, you don't get that darkness at night, you're not going to get that, that, that benefit. Right. Yeah, it's very important. Okay, well, let's go into micronutrient deficiencies because that's something that fascinates me. And I guess the first thing that people want to do is run straight for the capsule or the pill <laughs> to fix these. But should we start with diet and then start focusing on healing the gut through other methods or how does that work for you? The first step is to see what's deficient specifically. A general multivitamin is good because it can cover a lot of bases, but you actually may be really low in specific nutrients that's in that multivitamin and the dosage of that vitamin might not even you know touch it even closely from what's deficient. So Getting it actually run, I run this on every patient that I see and see what vitamins, what minerals, and what antioxidants are low within your, within your cells because you can actually you know, absorb some of these nutrients, but maybe it's not actually getting into the cells of your body. So um, in a lot of these different nutrients, they're, the symptoms of a deficiency of these nutrients are very vague. So something like fatigue could be many, many things. It's not like, go oh, just drink more coffee. Let's look and see what actual nutrients are deficient or what hormones are deficient or, you know, whatever. Fatigue can show, can show up in so many ways. And the same thing with many other symptoms too. So I think the first step is seeing what is deficient. And then we can look and see, okay, how's your digestive function? Are there other clues maybe on your other blood work? Like I, I can actually look in the comprehensive blood work that I run on my patients and see are there some signs that you have low stomach acid? Are there signs that you have low enzymes? Are there signs that you have, you know, just general B vitamin deficiencies? And we can see, okay, maybe your digestive function isn't ideal. Well, do you have other digestive symptoms? Do you have these other symptoms? Maybe let's do a stool test. So it kind of helps me. I, I just, I ask leading questions to, you know, go down this road of what labs should we run? What's our initial treatment and put, putting together a plan. And then once we run the the comprehensive or the uh, micronutrient deficiency panel, then we can get really specific and say, okay, maybe this multivitamin wasn't the best fit for you. Maybe you need something that's more, you know, higher dose than this one nutrient. Or maybe your digestive function is so, you know, screwed up that we actually have to do maybe some injectable nutrients like some shots or IVs or, you know, maybe something sublingual, which is under the tongue, or maybe you need a cream. So there's different ways to customize the delivery of the nutrients to really maximize absorption. And the goal is to bring it back to optimal levels. so You don't have to do that forever, but just turning it around to getting your levels back up to optimal. Okay. So, I mean, do you think that it's possible to operate in this society with the quality of the soil, you know, the depletion of the nutrients in it and stuff like that? Is it possible to get all these levels up and then just eat a good diet? Or do you think you're always going to end up having to go back to things like magnesium and stuff like that? I think you'd have to work really hard for it to keep your levels at an optimal, optimal balance. Because because food is just nothing like it was, and not to be all doom and gloom, but I mean, unless you're growing your own food and you're getting it from really amazing sources, I, I think that it's it's going to take a little bit of um, support to keep that going. The, some of the main deficiencies, like like you said, magnesium, that's a great one just to take, you know, ongoing for many people. Um, vitamin C is a real common deficiency. I find a lot for my paleo patients, calcium is can be pretty low, so. Um, and calcium is not something you just want to take ongoing forever. You want to make sure your levels get back up and then, you know, maybe just do some, some high calcium level foods to continue that. But, but I think it's really tough to keep optimal levels in in just the diet alone. Yeah, it is. Now, do you know much about 
uh, vitamin or supplement timing. I've been kind of experimenting with that a little bit, but I've been looking for somebody to talk more about it. Yeah. So what specifically are you wondering about? Well, I guess the main thing that I've been doing is I've always done my magnesium at nighttime and Mm -hmm. say vitamin C or I, you know, I'll take spirulina and chlorella. I'll take that in the, either the morning or the afternoon, but I'm just curious about what is actually going on. Is that just something that, I mean, does your body actually benefit better at certain times from certain nutrients or is it just magnesium calms you and you don't want to put yourself to sleep in the middle of the day? (laughs) <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I mean, magnesium is very calming. So that's probably best to take that at nighttime. And yeah, there's certain nutrients that can interfere with absorption. Um, you know, like different nutrients with medications, for example, like, you know, if you're taking thyroid, you don't want to take calcium like right after because that can block absorption. Um, and then there's certain nutrients taking them together really helps like, you know, vitamin C and iron, for example, really help each other. So so yeah, but if you think about it, when you're eating meals, you're probably getting a lot of nutrients all together at the same time. So I don't think it's necessarily dangerous, but it can probably optimize absorption to get a little strategic with it. But people can go crazy with that and just get all nutty. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah just overanalyzing too much. Right. Yeah, and just, yeah, it can get too stressful. I feel like that I, I try to avoid that. It's so easy to do to just overanalyze everything and try to time it out so much. It's almost like you're getting diminishing returns when you're stressing out at that point. Oh, totally. You can you can totally overstress health and then undo a lot of the benefits of of trying to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You the podcast that uh, I can't remember the doctor's name. The guy who was talking about injectable vitamins. That podcast yeah. blew my mind. Really? How so? Yeah, I mean, I just I didn't know that injectable vitamins or IV vitamins could be so beneficial. I mean, I've heard about them, but I thought it was something that was kind of more of an extreme. Uh, kind of an extreme measure, but it actually seems like it would benefit the average person trying to heal themselves. It's pretty amazing because for some people, we never completely find exactly what's going on with them. You can run every test under the sun. And for some people, just doing a round of IVs, it increases their vitality to the point where they, they feel better. And even if we didn't necessarily find what it was from. So, uh, yeah, I mean, because there's so many deficiencies and again, digestive disorders and just, just general function of the digestive tract can be depleted. So turning it around with injectable nutrients can be pretty miraculous. Is that something that's popular at all around the country where somebody could just go and get that done? Or is that very specialized still? It is probably more common in some of the bigger cities, but if you find a functional doctor or more anti-aging trained doctor, um, even in some of the smaller, you know, cities, but, but like in California, I mean, naturopathic doctors, I think are licensed, I want to say 18 States at this point. So you can't work with, you can't work with an ND in every state, but there should be a holistically trained medical doctor in almost all the States, I would guess. Um, some good websites to find that would be ACAM. So ACAM.org. Um, also maybe, um, uh, American Association of Anti-Aging Medicine, if you Google that, to find doctors in the area. but um, And then also naturopathic.org to find naturopathic doctors that do it. But it's pretty – and it's kind of trendy right now. I've seen in the news, you know, like Rihanna does the IV nutrients and Simon Caldwell and I think um, – I think Spike Lee and some other people, they'll, wow. they'll do that just for general, you know, health. But, um, 
but yeah, so it's it's a trend, but I think it's a trend that's that's worth being around. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of cool that paleo has turned into like a, a thing to be cool now because I, I love it. It's like, oh man, I can I can be cool by telling people how to like supplement their body. Like, wow, this is neat. And so. it, it's it's silly because naturopathic doctors have been recommending the anti-inflammatory diet or the elimination diet for for decades, like a hundred plus years, you know. And finally, that's basically called the paleo diet. So it's just just kind of makes me laugh to see something like this going more mainstream. It's basically just an elimination diet. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. now I've been sticking to a pretty clean diet here lately. I had a little little digestive trouble a couple months ago, so I just had to go a little bit more strict. Do you think it's possible to add things back in and be comfortable with that? Or do you think ultimately that people should just be as strict as possible because we have so many other things bringing down our health, so to speak? I think it really depends on the person, Evan. I mean, everybody's so different with that. Yeah. You know, I do think going on an elimination for a while and allowing your body to heal is a great idea. And for many people, they can add foods back in and they tolerate them just fine because the digestive tract was able to repair and heal. And then now they're, it's able to tolerate some of those foods again. So it's, it's totally possible. And maybe once you reduce that inflammation and that, that burden on the body that you can then digest it. And for other people, they get really sensitive actually from doing an elimination diet. They find that they, now they're more sensitive to certain foods. So it kind of depends on the person. Yeah. I've noticed that myself with rice, just trying to add rice back in. Sometimes that'll upset my stomach and sometimes it doesn't. So it's weird to see how things change just in a couple of months. Right. And people oftentimes too, I think they finally see how good they can actually feel and they maybe didn't feel that great before and they didn't even know it. So now they feel amazing and then they add the foods back in and they can see a, a drastic difference. Yeah. Well, let's get into hormones a little bit because hormones are another fascinating thing besides nutrients because I seem I seem to find the more I research them, the less I know about them because it's so <laughs> complex. So uh, You and me both. <laughs> yeah. So could you give us a little bit of spark notes on some of the the main hormones that are jacked up in people these days? Sure. Well, I I think it kind of depends on gender, depends on age of what we tend to see in different, different decades of life. Um, but hormonal problems can happen very early on in life, boys or girls, um, early, you know, young women, young men. And, uh, I would say that the, I, I'll talk about maybe the main dysfunctions that I see, um, from the earlier years would be women in their reproductive years who have, disruptions in their hormones. Oftentimes what we see with them is estrogen and progesterone imbalances and to where, and and actually it's not always the case, but usually for them, it's more of an estrogen dominance kind of picture where they have elevated estrogen um, in relation to their progesterone. And um, it can be the case where they have low progesterone, or it could be that their estrogen is so elevated that they have progesterone deficiency sim- symptoms in relation to the high estrogen. So, and there's lots of reasons why this happens. I think one of the biggest reasons is because of environmental exposures. We live in a completely different environment now than we did, you know, a hundred years ago. And there's just so many stressors on our bodies that can disrupt our equilibrium. And, you know, pesticides, herbicides, various toxins and skincare products. I mean, even just, I think it was in the last week, the environmental working group put out the the dirty dozen of endocrine disruptors. Actually, that was put up today. And that shows the different ingredients in 
in uh, skincare products and, you know, various toiletries that can disrupt the hormones in the body. And some of the main ones, you know, BPA, dioxin, phthalates, perchlorates, fire retardants, and even different kinds of heavy metals like lead, arsenic, mercury, these different toxins, they accumulate in the body tissues and they can have estrogenic-like activity. Not all of them, but many of the ones I just listed can, can throw off hormones and lead to things like infertility and, you know, difficult periods. And uh, so that, that's more something I would say I see in earlier, you know, years, more premenopausal. But of course, they can affect any age range because we're all exposed. So getting the, the, the estrogen reduced, helping the liver clear the excess estrogens, working on balancing out the digestive function because that's a big source of, or that's a big uh, place where you regulate your hormones is actually in the digestive tract, which seems totally you know disconnected from what you would think. But um, that can really help to optimize those levels again. And, and actually, I've even seen too where women in their earlier years, like in their 20s and 30s, having low estrogen which is something we normally would see in a woman who's more menopausal. So it's, it's really interesting to see some of these patterns show up. So that's in the earlier years for women. And as, as, as women get older, their progesterone tends to get lower so they can have, you know, more problems with like infertility and, you know, difficulty conceiving and keeping, keeping, uh, you know, pregnant once they are, once they get pregnant. And, um, and then as, as a woman gets more into her 40s and 50s, then the estrogen can drop as well. And then that's when there's a lot of the symptoms associated with menopause. So it, it depends, again, on the age range of the woman and more of her lifestyle, family history, um, you know, diet, exercise, all that stuff. And then for men, we see a lot of problems with men with reduced testosterone. And even men in their 20s and 30s having low testosterone, it's crazy how common this is. And I think a lot of it, again, is some of those environmental toxins that I just mentioned because a lot of those can be estrogenic and so that can disrupt a man's hormones. Stress is huge. I mean, we live in a totally different world now, right? So there's so much stress that that we're exposed to and that can really um, interfere with a man's production of testosterone. Um, You know, uh, weight gain and blood sugar problems, all that can can convert a man's testosterone actually into estrogen and make them more woman-like. So um, this happens a lot. And again, it could be in their 20s and 30s for a man. So a lot of what I do is, is balancing out hormones. But rather than just jumping straight to hormones, we got to work, at a, work on a lot of the basic pieces like blood sugar support and adrenal function and regulating the, um, the digestive function and uh, you know liver and, and all that. So we do a lot of detox programs in the clinic and this really helps to kind of press the reset button, flush out a lot of those toxins and then see what is still you know needing to be balanced out. Okay, so h- hormones are almost like stage three then. So I guess if we were to start with detox and trying to relieve the adrenals of some stress, what are the detox methods? I mean, is it just kind of like stress reduction or are you bringing in supplements at that point or... Working on doing an elimination diet, so cutting out the main sources of, of you know allergens like grains and dairy and soy, corn, sugar. Those are the main ones, um, and then you know increasing more of the the clean foods like a lot of the vegetables and some of the fruits and the healthy meat sources. So just really educating and um, educating the patient and guiding them in a really healthy diet. And we do this for a, a solid month of like just a really really strict plan. And then, yeah, I use a lot of different supplements because they, there are some really targeted nutrients that help to 
um, help to mobilize these toxins that to then be released. So a lot of the different nutrients like milk thistle, for example, and there's other herbs to help support liver detox. So those really help to not only help you package up the toxins, but actually release them because there's different phases of liver detox. So, um, and then I also add in different kinds of homeopathic remedies to support liver, kidney, lymphatic drainage, um, increasing more of the, the healthy fatty acids, a lot of the omega threes, and then like a really great green greens drink. A lot of my patients, they, you know, not all of them, I'd say most of my patients are pretty savvy to vegetables, but some of them won't touch vegetables with a 10 foot pole. So we got to start to give them more vegetables. Um, so that's, that's a solid one month of, of the detox. And I tell you, it's pretty amazing for some people. That's all it really takes for them to start to feel like night and day of a difference and, um, sleep better, you know, more energy, the bloating gone, skin better. It's, it's incredible to see. And then some people need even more support. So if someone has heavy metals, for example, and we need to do a chelation protocol or something to actually, you know, kind of step up the detox with more targeted support then then we can do that too. Yeah. Are you familiar with the infrared sauna for detox of heavy metals? Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of infrared sauna. We don't have one of, of them in the office, but any way that you can help well, it kind of depends on the kind of infrared sauna. Some of them really create more of the sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones you don't sweat as much, but it but yeah, it's it it's actually one of the things I recommend during the program for people to do as well. Okay, so is more sweating better? Um, it depends on the person, but generally yes. And that's why doing more of a dry sauna is better than doing, um, like a, you know, like a steam room, for example, just so you can up the sweating, but you want to make sure you, you rinse off after and don't just let the toxins reabsorb. Yeah. So what supplements go along with the detox? If you're trying to, uh, say you are doing the the milk thistle, what else is, is part of that protocol? Um, so I will customize the detox a bit depending on the patient. So if we've done any kind of lab work and we see that there's any sort of methylation defects, then we'll do some you know, supportive methylation support. So I've been using um, Apex Energetics, which is the, the main brand that I use in the, in the clinic, one of the main brands I use. And um, so we'll use a, a, um, a liver. So we'll do a detox drink, which is called Clear Vite. There's also a liver nutrient called Metacrin. People can probably Google this and look at the ingredients. And we'll also use... For some patients, I'll use methyl SP. This helps to support methylation, which is a big part of detoxification. Um, For some, let's say a patient who has um, gallbladder problems, or maybe they even have their gallbladder removed and they don't have, you know, that function that's there anymore, then we'll use some bile men. It helps to support bile um, production. And um, yeah, that's usually the, the, the basics of what I would do. And then just, again, like you said, with the sauna, we maybe recommend some colonics, um, dry skin brushing and even a lymphatic massage can be really great. And just all those things you can just, you know, just really pack all those kind of therapies in by the end of it. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. The difference. Yeah. I've, I've heard about the dry, the skin scrubbing. Is that Mm -hmm. something you do every day or what's the, what's the science behind that? (laughs) I mean to do it every day. I have a dry skin brush. It's, you know, sitting there looking at me every day. I don't always do it, but it helps to move lymphatic, um, lymphatic fluids. So your lymph, you actually have a lot more lymph fluid than you have blood. So the lymph is a way that your body helps to uh, drain the blood and filter the blood and and clean it. And also within your lymphatic um, tissues, you have a lot of different uh, immune cells too. So it's important to keep those fluids moving. So um, that's why, you know, like when you sit on a plane for a really long period of time, or you're sitting at work all day, you feel that 
um, sometimes you can get kind of swollen in the lower part of the extremities. So that's your lymph that's just kind of settling. And you want to make sure that's always moving because that's a big part of your detoxification, actually. So the dry skin brushing helps to move that and mobilize that. That's mind-blowing. So basically you're saying that these things are just accumulating on your skin and kind of manifesting at a physical level. Yeah, more under under the skin. But yeah, so you have um, – so blood vessels, you have your, your arteries and your veins. So the arteries go away from the heart. So remember A for away. So it goes away from the heart and then it goes, you know, to your, um, uh, you know, your body uses all the the oxygen from the arteries. Right. And then, and then the deoxygenated blood goes back with the veins to the heart to get oxygenated. And in between that you're, you're, you have lymphatic fluids that help to filter that as well. So it's all, it's all cycling. It's all regulated. Um, so very rarely I, I do people really talk about the lymphatic system, but it's, it's really important. I mean, we talk about cardiovascular and, you know, your, your blood flow and all that kind of stuff, but the, the lymphatics is, is very, very important to su- support, um, you know, drainage and detoxification. And yeah, it's, it basically just pools in your art or in your, uh, extremities when you're sitting for a long period of time. So that's why exercise is actually a big part of detoxification too, because you're moving a lot of that. That makes sense. Okay, well, I'm going to go buy a scrub brush then and start scrubbing myself. I mean, because that's something I've read about, and I've I've been skeptical about it just because I haven't tried it myself. But it's, I mean, it sounds great. I mean, I guess it's really invigorating. Actually, it's um, it's kind of addicting once you really get in the habit of doing it, and it feels really good because it's kind of scratchy, so it like kind of hurts, but it kind of feels good. So it's, you know, it's it's nice. I I'm a fan. Okay, is that something every day that you can do? I guess there'd be no downside. Yeah. To it. Yeah, it would be a great um, maybe right before your shower because it's it's uh, um, uh, exfoliating, so get some of the dead skin cells off, and right before your shower, yeah, I think it's it's a great practice to do. Okay, would that be any different than doing it in the shower? Um, it's because it's more dry. I would say it's a little bit more um, more abrasive in a good way. Okay. Versus, you know, it, it, the the bristles are a lot softer in the shower, so you might not get as much of the effect. That makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. So. I mean, we've seen kind of the the demasculinization of society, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go straight to diet on that being the main thing. But I think that um, I don't know. I feel like with pop culture and everything, it's almost starting to be accepted to not be a manly man. But instead, I feel like we yeah. should be realizing that hey, our testosterone levels are you know so much lower than previous generations and stuff like that. What do you think the the direction of the future is? Uh, I, I know I try not to think about it cause it yeah. kind of gets me sad, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, the more that a man can go to the natural ways of being, the more his testosterone is going to thank him for it. You know, I mean, just moving the way we're designed to move, getting sleep, reducing exposure to toxins, getting sunlight, you know, being connected to each other. And that's, that naturally breeds healthy hormones but the more that you're a night owl and you're eating all kinds of crappy foods and you're looking at your computer and your cell phone all day long and getting all these stress hormones elevated and you know eating drinking coffee all kinds of times throughout the day and this is all going to disrupt your normal equilibrium and and it will disrupt hormones too so it's just it's just kind of a it's, it's sort of a bigger picture kind of thing but yeah i mean i do think that that as a, as a whole men are changing now Women are becoming more like men because as we're as our hormones become more imbalanced, we we produce more testosterone oftentimes. And men are becoming more like women. Sorry, my dog's barking. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so I mean, I've heard that women are taking over the world now. 
So <laughs> is that, we'll never tell you. We'll never tell you that though. <laughs> right. Right. Is that, does that all go back to hormones? You think, do you think that men are just getting so weak per se when it comes to their testosterone levels that we're just kind of becoming, um, I guess kind of powerless zombies or what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that. I know some pretty manly men still. Yeah. I, I think it's more of, of environmental exposure is, is more the, the way that I look at it. And with environmental, I'm agreeing with you that that includes diet too, because that's something you're exposed to in, in your environment. So I would say that's more to blame for it. And then also just culture wise, it's more accepted to be more of a feminine man now than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. Yeah, that's true. It's just so confusing from my perspective because I'm trying to look into, you know, is it is it hormones, is it diet, is it environment and, and plastic water bottles and stuff like that, or is it just becoming, uh, you, you know, you know that way because of social influence. So it's kind of interesting to be in the place where we are, where we see the kind of the the mixing of the two. It's hard to dissect them. I think it's the chicken and the egg kind of thing. I, I, I think that they're both at play and they're both affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're almost out of time, but uh, I, I hope to have you on in, in the future so we can do a longer episode into some of your passions because you have a, a really deep knowledge into this, and I'm happy that you have your own clinic now. That sounds like uh, it sounds like you're on the right path to creating something huge. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a blast. I feel like I have a blank canvas. I can create lots of things, so it's it's really exciting. Yeah, tell us where we can keep up with you because the podcast is is my number one recommendation. But I know you're elsewhere online and, and in person too. Yeah, so my clinic is Shine Natural Medicine, and our website's shinenaturalmedicine.com. We're just uh, redesigning the website right now, but we do have just have a placeholder on there. It shows our our address and our contact information. And uh, my radio show is Dr. Low Radio. So you can go to drlowradio.com. It's just D-R-L-O, radio. It's a nickname. And um, my website is drlaurennoel.com. So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I love to do speaking events. I love to do lectures. And I'm always doing something. So if you guys follow me on Facebook or Twitter, it's usually when I'm giving different updates of what I'm up to. I work with patients locally in San Diego, also all over the country. So I do phone appointments, Skype appointments. So if you don't have a doctor in your area, it's no big deal. We do a phone appointment. So there's lots of ways you can be supported in your health and get your goals met and feel a lot better. Yeah. And I just now started this this live health and happiness hangouts. It's going to be the second and fourth Wednesday of every month, and it's at 8 p.m. Eastern. So maybe one of the nights you can join us. It's me and my buddy Kevin who also runs a, a different blog and, and podcast, and we're hoping to get some some other voices in and have people call in and do kind of like a, a raw live talk show together. It's, it's pretty fun so far. That sounds fun. Give me the invite. I'd be happy to. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on to the show, and I hope to talk to you soon. Of course, Evan. It's a pleasure being here. You're an awesome uh, host, and it's been really fun having this conversation with you. So I look forward to being on again soon. Awesome. Well, thank you. That was Dr. Lauren Noel, and if you want to check out her podcast, you can go to iTunes and look for Dr. Low Radio. Her podcast, as well as my podcast, are, are some of the few podcasts that actually go into pretty deep conversations about hormones and some of the deeper aspects of human health. So I'm glad to uh, be a part of that that little circle. And now tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, or if you're international listener, that would be GMT minus four. 
we are going to do the second live health and happiness hangout. Me and Kevin Gary from the Rebooted Body podcast. And we're going to be discussing a lot of fun topics. We're going to be bringing in uh, some of our personal clients that we deal with and some of people from his program that he's helped. And we're going to bring them in. And it's just a a fun way to ask questions as opposed to us emailing you and, and text chatting you and stuff like that. So you're welcome to join us. Go to notjustpaleo.com, and on the left sidebar, you're going to see the link for Live Hangout. Go ahead and click that, and you'll get the instructions of how you can get through everything else. And this is going to be a twice-a-month event, but we're just doing a bonus episode because Halloween's coming up, and maybe people will join us and uh, talk about their cravings for sugar, and we can kind of break through that. So go to that link, and you'll be able to get through um through the program and then you can meet us and it's at 8 p.m eastern it's done on the computer if you have a webcam you can use your webcam to join us or you can just simply join in with the audio only and you can talk with us or you can just send us questions through the the chat and we'll answer them for you so it's going to be about an hour long and the last uh, health and happiness hangout was great we had a few international uh, people call in and it was off to a good start so let's make this second one even better Thanks again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks. Bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss a girl and I never please her. She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible news. Why I'm in a tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't want to see her cry her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you better